Jesus shows up. So the first thing we did was create that holy space so Jesus would show up. And we started with a table. Does it look like something familiar? But it was at a level that the children could see what was going on at the table. And then we had a green cloth. And we placed our green cloth on the table to remind us that it's Pentecost. The season of growth, the season of the Spirit, the season of life in our midst. And then we needed our bell. The bell, whenever it chimed, was a reminder that something important was happening to pay attention. And finally, the candle. When we light the candle, we know that God is here with us. And so we were ready. We had our holy space prepared, and it was time to begin chapel. So we sang our song. Children of God, gather around. Children of God, wait for the sound. The chime that calls us all to prayer. God is here and everywhere. And then a three-year-old retrieved the flame from me and was able to light that candle to remind us that God was with us. And a silence fell over all those two- and three-year-olds. Then one of them in the crowd exclaimed a hushed, Wow! <laughs> How do you respond to God? How is God working in your life in this time and in this place? Mary Oliver was a poet of our time. And she responded to God by responding to her immediate surroundings, what was happening in her midst. She was paying attention and was determined to ask herself, what else should I have done? In her poem, This Summer Day, she asks, who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life.
we each have one wild and precious life to live on this earth. And we are called to respond to God at work in it, in this time and place. How are you responding to God? The book of Esther. We only hear it once every three years in our lectionary cycle. And if we choose a different track in the lectionary cycle, we only hear it once every six years. So today is the day of Esther, everybody. Pull out your Bibles and read the whole story. (laughs) The book of Esther records a wild, precious response to God. Esther has come to be a queen, but before coming to be a queen, she was an orphan. A girl with no mother, no father, whose people had been exiled sold into slavery, dispersed from their land. Esther's table was not an altar, but a banquet table in a royal court. In between and during the course of all of these feasts with her husband, the king, she comes to discover that there's a plot, a genocidal plot. All of her people are going to be killed. And she has to make a choice. How am I going to respond? Do I conceal my identity as one of these Jews? Do I keep myself safe in the courts of this Persian king? She makes her response, and she identifies who she really is. Risking her safety, she asks for the life of her people. And in doing so, she's able to convince the king to save the Jewish people. It's really funny because the book of Esther never overtly mentions God. You'll never find the name of God, and it's the only book in the Bible you don't find the name of God. Or you never find Esther at prayer. She's living with a Gentile, so she's obviously eating Gentile food. Jerusalem's never mentioned. But the book does chronicle a woman who pays attention. A woman who seeks the salvation and healing of her people. And I believe this is why it's included in our Bible. It's because we have the story of a woman responding to God. What is your response to God? As baptized Christians, we make a promise when we're baptized, or someone makes it on our behalf and we confirm it later on in our baptismal covenant. We're asked, will you seek to serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And we respond by saying, we will, with God's help. That means how we respond to others is how we respond to God. Jesus is upping the ante on us today, people, on how do we respond to God. And the gospel today challenges our response to God, perhaps the most fully of all. 
In our lesson for today, the disciples have been following Jesus, and they encounter this person who was not following Jesus, was not part of this movement, but was offering healing in the name of Jesus Christ. The followers of Jesus were outraged. How dare that man use the name of Jesus? I had a roommate for a summer internship in Arizona who happened to be a Muslim. Part of our living together meant getting to know each other's schedules pretty intimately. And so she discovered that I, at least once a week, if not twice, drove to worship. I received what I believe to be the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. I learned that for her, five times a day, she stops everything, even if we're on the freeway or at the gas station going somewhere, to pray and to be in the presence of God. She learned for me that I had a call as a woman to lead out of my belief that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And then I learned the most shocking thing of all. She regards Jesus as a prophet. She uses his name in her faith. How do I respond to that? How do I respond to someone who understands my God, in a very different way than I do. In this world today, many Americans and Christians have begun to fear the Muslim faith, and people in the Muslim faith, all 2.1 billion of them. We have a lesson from Jesus today who is speaking to his disciples, his disciples wanting to stop the work in the world of this person of faith who was not following their teacher in their way. They said, we tried to stop him because he's not following us. Jesus said, do not stop him. Whoever is not against us is for us. I can choose in this time of global unrest, of fear, of misunderstanding, and even of murder to respond to my Muslim neighbors as the media does, as we are tempted to, I can respond to hatred, to sin, to darkness. Or I can choose to respond to God. When Jesus says, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your eye is causing you to sin, tear it out. He's making it clear that we're called to disengage, to cut off. Not other people, but the parts of ourselves that keep us or anyone else from responding to God. We are called to respond to God. So how do you respond to God? What exactly does this mean, a response to God? 
Well, if you look in your red prayer books in your pews, at the back of that book on page 856, it gives us an answer. In the teachings of the church, our response to God by thought or deeds, with or without words, that's the definition of prayer. So what is your prayer? What is your response to God by word or deeds, by action, without words? What's your response? Claiming that response is the key to us responding to God in wonder, with purpose, in the hope of deliverance, and to experience salvation. In the book of Esther, in the fourth chapter, there's a consort of the queen who challenges her to respond to God and says to her, who knows, perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. God is at work, and we are called to respond to God in our moments, in our time, and in our place. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to this place in your life today for such a time as right now. Perhaps, like the preschoolers, you've come to this place to respond to God out of this newfound, wondrous, surprising sense of wonder. Perhaps, like Mary Oliver, you've come to this place with questions, to look back at your life thus far, to question your response to God, to ask yourself, what will I do with this one precious and wild life? Perhaps like Esther, you've come to a place where you feel threatened. You're afraid for your family or for the people for whom you care or even for yourself. To respond to God in this place is to do so with courage and wisdom. Perhaps as a baptized person, you have come to a place where you are starting to struggle with that promise you made. You're struggling with other people. Challenged to respond to God. Challenged to seek to serve Christ in the six billion people on this earth. In this time, and in this place, in your life, what is your response to God? There is good news for us today, that we are here all together, each one of us in this place, to celebrate our collective responses to God. And in all of those responses, gathered up and brought before this holy table of God, the mystery of God is at work. Our task is to keep responding, knowing that our response to God 
is our prayer. Amen.